Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. Go ahead and call Raj. Morning. Hello. Oh, you sound awful. Man, no, I'm extra groggy. Better. I can do a lot of things. <laughs> I can't breathe. All right. If we're ready, we're ready. I guess. Today on Before Coffee, Netflix to provide free sun cream to tackle record skin cancer levels. Canada Supreme Court Justice steps down amid probe into misconduct claim. Exhumation of Civil War dead from Spain's Valley of Colgamuros begins. Hmm. May inflation report price increase are expected to ease again. Gate report to be published. Boris Johnson calls it a witch hunt. And the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship. That today on June the 13th, Tuesday the 13th, 2023 edition of Before Coffee. Works by the time you're done reading. <laughs> Let's hope for a brain working in the future. In Dutch news, citizens of the Netherlands are to be offered free sun protection this summer in an effort to tackle record levels of skin cancer in the country. This is an article by Kate Connolly in Berlin. Sun cream dispensers will be made available this summer in schools and universities, at festivals, parks, sports venues, and open public spaces across the country, according to the government. It is said it wanted to enable everyone to have access to sun protection and not be inconvenienced by factors such as cost or inconvenience. In a public health drive throughout, thought to be similar in scale only to, and in part inspired by, Australia's decade-long slip, slop, and slap campaign, which encourages people to slip on a shirt, slap on some sunscreen, and slap on a hat, Dutch authorities hope the campaign will turn the act of applying sunscreen into an unquestioned habit. Yes, even me, somebody with melanin who doesn't sunburn easily, still puts on sunscreen because the sun does not care what color your skin is. It will give you sun cancer no matter what. There are black people who get sun cancer. You need to be always ready. Eight minutes is... For my skin tone, eight minutes is the max I should be in the sun without sunscreen. So if you're lighter than me and you're out in the sun for 30 minutes, you are going to get sun 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 And the rays you see see are not the ones that burn you. It's the ultraviolet rays that burn you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The campaign was rolled out at the weekend at a festival in the city of Breda, according to public broadcaster NOS. Venlo Van Ray Hospital, close to the German border, is reported to be working with state health insurers to fund sunscreen provision and provisions across several municipalities and in 120 primary schools. A clinic spokesperson said one of its skin doctors had come up with the idea of converting a dispenser set up to provide hand disinfectant during the pandemic to hold sunscreen, NOS reported. Medical authorities have reported a record rise in skin cancer cases in the past few years. Sunscreen has proven to be the best protection against the disease, and children should get used to applying it from an early age so that it becomes ritualized as teeth brushing, a counselor from North Sea Bathing Resort said. Yako Nape from the seaside town of Katwijk said, It's costing a bit of money, but we hold the health of the people in high regard, adding, 
We regularly see people enjoying the sun, but neglecting to protect themselves. And owing to the fact that Cat White gets above the average amount of sun, this is not good. Across Europe, skin cancer rates have been going up over the last two decades. In neighboring Germany, Germany, according to Federal Office of Statistics, in 2021, the number of deaths from skin cancer rose 55% from 2001. Considerable health care savings could be made through a reduction in skin cancer, experts have said. Unseasonably high temperatures we experience across waves of center, the center of Europe at the weekend are expected to continue over the coming weeks. Poland, France, Germany are experiencing some of the highest temperatures, while Nordic and Mediterranean countries are, by contrast, contrast cooler than normal for the, this time of the year. We're slowly becoming the equator because of climate change. We are slowly Whoa. becoming the equator. It was 30 degrees last Saturday, which is about 86, and that's very warm for what people are used to here. Especially since there was not a cloud in the sky, so it was just sun for a straight weekend, so... I think it's good that we're telling people, don't forget, put sunscreen on. I mostly just do it because it's annoying that my shoulders get all burned up in my scalp. That's one thing people forget. If you're not going to wear a hat, you need to put sunscreen on your noggin. That the, 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 Your hair does not protect your scalp. Only very, very slightly, but not enough. So slap some stuff on your head. There's special sunscreen they make for hair that you can put on there if you're worried about your hair. Wear your burka. Yeah. Wear a hat. Wear a hat or wear full covering. That's your choice. Anyways, your story. In integrity news, right? You remember like a a week ago when a soccer player, Messi, Lionel Messi, took less money to go to Miami instead of taking Saudi, you know, oil and blood money, basically. Little lesson for American golfers who just said, "Give me, give me, give me." Well, the Canadian Canadian Supreme Court showed our Supreme Court how to act. <laughs> Canadian Supreme Court justice steps down amid probe into misconduct claim. Wow, that's refreshing. And justice is from BBC News. Chloe Kim, a Canadian Supreme Court justice facing a judicial court review, has stepped down from his post. Canadian Justice Council said. Justice Russell Brown allegedly had had a drunken altercation in the Arizona Resort, which involved an harassment of a female guest in January. Hmm. Mr. Brown denied the allegation has been on leave since February. The retirement ends the CJ Sage probe into his alleged misconduct. There are differing accounts of the incidents which took place while Mr. Brown was staying at the luxury Omni Scottsdale Resort and Spa in Montalucia attending a gala celebrating the former colleague. In the police report filed January, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran claimed Mr. Brown touched a female guest without consent and that he later punched Mr. Brown a few times during an argument. Okay. A Marine punched the Supreme Court Justice of Canada in the face. Oh, yeah. For being rude to a lady. So good for good for him. All right. So Jonathan Crump. A 31-year-old mortgage advisor and U.S. Army veteran told the U.S. Vancouver Sun that the judge was harassing his female friend after they met Mr. Brown in the resort bar later on January 28th. 
He said he was irritated by what he claimed the judge's boastful behavior and that the judge later followed the group back to the room. Following their publication of the story, Mr. Brown released a statement saying that in light of the false statements in the media by Mr. Jonathan Crump, I am compelled to respond. He later confirmed parts of Mr. Crump's account, saying he joined the group at the table but did not speak or otherwise engage with them. CG said on some March that they're reviewing the complaint into the alleged conduct of Justice Brown. On Monday, the CG, CGC in, in his statement said since Mr. Brown was no longer the judge counsel jurisdiction or the complaint against him had ended. As such, proceedings for the counsel that involved Justice Brown had come to an end. Contact the CBC, the BBC does on Monday, Mr. Brown's lawyer, Mr. Gover shared a statement with the fault from the judge saying the allegations were false and then he hoped the issue would be dispersed quickly and would not significantly impact the court's business, but that has not been the case. Since being on leave for four months, the court has to, had to hear and decide important appeals without the benefit of a full panel. While my counsel and I are confident that, that the complaint would have ultimately been dismissed, the court, the, the continuing delay is in nobody's interest. The courts, the publics, my families are my own, says so David from Mr. Brown. His lawyers, Brian Greer and Alexander Hines, said he would have been vindicated in the counsel's conclusion. It is extremely disappointing that for the first time in CJC's history, the complaints unalleged accusations were released to the public, they wrote. This is the first time a Canadian justice has stepped down over misconduct claims. The council is going to hold a public hearing into the allegations last week. Mr. Brown asked to delay to weigh his options. The council would have decided to dismiss the, the judge if it decided the judge had lost the confidence of the Canadians. It has recommended five federal judges for dismissal in the past. So, judges did the honorable thing for getting drunk and trying to whatever he was trying to do. <laughs> I ended, up getting, ended up getting a fist fight with some guy. He was like, hey, you won't leave this lady alone. We're going to figure out how many teeth you want. You know? Yeah. yeah how many teeth you want to keep? <laughs> uh, I just say, I was like, you can fight. Well, anyway, you got back to uh, bite him in the ass. In Spain, or Spanish news, exclamation of Civil War dead are beginning. This is a Ooh. article from Sam Jones in Madrid. Spanish Civil Sam War is 90 years ago. No? 90 years ago? Is that what we're talking about? That one? One of the 30s? I, I'm sure I'll say it because I haven't seen oh. it yet. Forensic scientists are beginning efforts to resume the remains of 128 people from the huge Balitica outside Madrid where 34,000 dead from both sides of the Spanish Civil War were buried and where the body of Jan Francisco Franco also lay for almost half a century. The exhumation of the Valley of Culagarmos Muros, known until last year as the Valley of the Fallen, come after the families of some of those interred there spent almost two decades fighting for their loved ones to have received a oh. dignified burial. The Basilica, 40 miles outside of the Spanish capital, was partly built by political prisoners used as forced labor and is ostensibly dedicated to the memory of all those killed in the 1936-1939 conflict. There you go. It happened in the 30s. However, only two of the graves beneath the Basilica, 150 meter cross, were ever marked. Those of Franco and Primo de Rivera, the founder of the fascist Falangist Party. 
Rango's body was removed from the site by Spanish socialist government in 2009. Romeo de Rivera's remains were exhumed and relocated two months ago. The site still holds the bodies of 33,800 people. That's so many people in one place, like just in a public grave, basically. Republicans and nationalists, which were disinherited, disinterred from resting places across Spain and reburied anonymously, often without their families and permission, in the church in an apparent attempt at post-war reconciliation. According to reports in the Spanish media, a team of forensic scientists, archaeologists, dentists, geneticists have set up laboratory inside the basilica to analyze and identify remains as work begins on Monday. Although 21,000 sets of remains were taken there with the knowledge and permission of the families and those from the national side were labeled with names and surnames, the remainder arrived in boxes stating only how many bodies they contained and which town they came from. Water has seeped into the floors and mausoleum's crypts for decades, destroying many of the boxes and mingling bones. There are thousands of boxes in each chapel. They are stacked from floor to the ceiling like shoe boxes. Et Deberia told the Observer in October 2021. The exhumations which have been meticulously planned come eight months after Spain passed a historical memory law to bring justice, reparation, and dignity to the victims of the Spanish Civil War and subsequent dictatorship. Among its provisions was the creation of a census and a national DNA bank to help relocate and identify the remains of tens of thousands of people who still lie in unmarked graves. A ban on groups that praise and defend the Franco regime and the redefinition of the Valley of the Fallen and its glorification of Franco and his dictatorship. On Monday morning, Isabel Rodriguez, a spokesperson of Spain's socialist-led coalition government, said the long-overdue exhumations were intended to bring dignity to the dead and their families. Some of the relatives of those whose bodies are being exhumed are worried at how long the process has taken and now fear the PP will appeal the law before they can retrieve their loved one's remains. The People's Party. The body of Manuel La Pena, a vet, and his brother Antonio, a blacksmith, were dumped in a mass grave in Catalatiaud, northeast Spain, and then dug up decades later and were buried in the basilica without their family's knowledge or permission. Manuel La Pena, a granddaughter's purification, has spent years fighting to find and reclaim his and Antonio's remains. Her father, also called Manuel, died at the age of 97 in 2021 and was never able to fulfill his wish to see his father's remains exhumed and buried with dignity. We'll just have to see what happens over the coming days because there are relatives who just can't wait any longer because of their age and their health. And we're also scared that all this could be stopped if there's a change in government in July. Tichy had first learned that the exhumations were beginning from the media and had only received a visual notification on Monday. As ever, it's the press before the families, she said. As she says to the press, to the press, hey, yeah. you guys get provincial treatment. I hate you. They um, might well, be the ones you... that do all, do all the digging. Yeah. They might be the ones that do all the digging, so, yeah. Good. I think it's good for the, the people to finally, you know, find their families again. Because it sucks to be just put somewhere and then nobody even knows you're there. And then, yep. you know, 300 years from now, people are like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of dead bodies in the Basilica. But we don't remember who they are. You know, that kind of sucks. 
they were declared missing in action and never looked for, you know. They were presumed dead until, oh, someday we'll stumble on a body. Yep. Your story. Okay, so maybe we'll, maybe I'll call this Good News Tuesday. That doesn't sound good. Would, <laughs> good, good, good Tuesday News Day. How's that Because <laughs> these are good, good, two good stories, but one's, the first one is very, they're short. Okay, they're related. So good news, good news, news day. Because <laughs> I can't talk. Good news, news day. Oil prices are falling as fuel demand weakens. Uh, I look at this chart. Oil prices peaked at $120 a barrel at March. 123. They're down below 70 now. Wow, almost half. Yeah, well, actually, if you look at it, it's exactly half. When Saudi Arabia announced last week it would cut oil production by a million barrels a day, its leaders hoped to arrest a slide in oil prices and push them higher. But the opposite of this happened. After initial surge last week, oil prices are retreating again, falling by more than 4% on Monday alone. While Saudi Arabia and his allies in the OPEC cartel would like global bread oil benchmark to climb above 80, it is now hovering just over 70. But yesterday it dipped lower. So it was under 70 in this little chart. And that's our first good news story and, and a related story. And this is the United States inflation news again because the world is not aware that the United States inflation is really low and we still complain. Federal, Federal Reserve officials are expected to hold interest rates steady when they announce their June policy decisions on Wednesday. This is from the New York Times. Jenna Smaliak. <clears throat> the Fed is now 15 months and 10 consecutive rate increases into its flight against rapid inflation, a campaign that has pushed borrowing costs above 5% for the first time in 2007. Given how much it all has already done to slow the economy, officials are increasingly in favor of taking a break to assess the results. Pausing could give policymakers more time to see if higher interest rates are cooling growth enough to put inflation on a pathway back toward normal 2% pace. Tuesday's inflation report, which covers May, will offer latest evidence on how well the fight against inflation is working. Annual inflation rate probably cooled last month, easing the 4.1% from 4.9% in April. Again, what's inflation in the Netherlands? What is it now? I have no idea. It was 17 in the early, but... 17, and we're yeah. we're crying about 4.1 here, going, oh no! Remove our government and place them with fascists. We're paying the lowest interest rate, or the lowest inflation in the world. You know, like ridiculous people. That would have the inflation rate at less than half of last summer's 9% peak and closely watched core measure, which strips out volatile food and fuel prices to give the sense of underlying trends is also expected to slow, especially since oil prices are lower. I'm not seeing it at the gas pump, by the way. They still lag when they're getting the, when it goes up, boy, they're raising that day. <clears throat> There's no guarantee inflation will come down as much as expected. It has defied economists' forecast many times over the past two years. And even if a year-over-year year inflation is pulling back, officials are also, like, also likely to watch the month-on-month -month pace of increase. Monthly core inflation is expected to remain at 0.4%, a pace that economist J.P. Morgan called uncomfortably high in a note previewing the release. A hot inflation reading could make the Fed's decision more complicated, perhaps nudging it towards a more aggressive path. 
Investors already expect the central bank to restart rate increases in July and are penciling in a small chance that the Fed officials could raise rates this week. Economists at Barclays wrote that while they are expecting the Fed to skip a rate move this week, our conviction is limited. A bigger than expected inflation number on Tuesday, they wrote, would likely be sufficient to tip the balance to hike depending on the composition. The Fed shoots for 2% inflation over time. Its goal def defines using a, a current measure, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. They'll use whatever they want to justify the rate increases, by the way. If it's inflation, they'll use that. If it's this, they'll use it. If it's car prices against any other prices, they'll use that. They'll use whatever they want. This time they're using Personal Consumption Expenditures Index Tuesday, which will feed the PCA inflation figures. They call the PCE, sorry, set for release on June 30th and offer a more timely snapshot of inflation trend, which makes the report so important. Your story. All right, I want to update the numbers here because obviously we're not talking about inflation as much as Americans are, but here in the Netherlands, inflation's only 6%. Oh, okay? that's not so bad. So we're about two, you're, you're 4.9, we're 6.01. Those decimal points are very important when it comes to inflation. Uh, whereas the highest in Europe right now, I believe, is Hungary at 21.5. Uh, of course, Russia and Poland are 15 and 13. You know, there's some high numbers in here. Turkey's at 43.68. I don't know what's going on there, but that's Turkey very big. That's, like, uh... that's something to panic about. 43.68% inflation. That's... And they just had an election where they kept the guy who in charge, yeah. right? So. Wow. First, I'm not sure how free and fair that election was because they held it right away, right? So the, yeah, so so most of the EU is under 10. Sweden is like 10.47. So most of the EU is under 10. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right would, on. People are bored. I don't know. Uh, in. Boris Johnson news! Partygate report to be published. This is an article from Fleur Lonspach in the UK and Ireland on the NOS, which is the Dutch national news. On both sides of the Atlantic, we hear controversial and charismatic ex-leaders talking about a witch hunt and a conspiracy against them. The parallels between Donald Trump and Boris Johnson are hard to ignore this week. While Trump is in the U.S., calls the federal charges ridiculous and baseless, Johnson calls a parliamentary inquiry committee a popular court and a witch hunt. According to both men, not they, but the judges and investigative committees are wrong. They are biased, are plotting to ruin them. Time and time again, these flamboyant men manage to dominate the headlines and polarize the population. And to save themselves, they prove w willing to undermine and damage confidence and pillars of democratic society. Trump shows his contempt for the rule of law. Johnson questions the integrity of the broad parliamentary committee that investigated his role in Partygate. The conclusions of the Partygate investigation are expected in London today, or tomorrow. Boris Johnson was already given access to the report on Friday, on the basis of which he decided to go for the nuclear option and to give up his parliamentary seat. With his resignation, he settles the Conservative Party with three by-elections in three constituencies, his own and two of loyal followers who left with him. Mm. Wow, he had two people who were willing to leave for him. I mean, that a lot of people can't 
A lot of people don't have that, so I mean, he's got two ponies. Good job. That's why he's called England's uh, Donald Trump. He the Empire Committee made up. Sorry. He never admits anything wrong. He's freaking Donald Trump of England. But the Inquiry Committee, made up of conservative and labor MPs, has been investigating in recent months whether Johnson deliberately let, lied to the Parliament about Downing Street drinks during the Corona pandemic, when ordinary Britons were then required to stay home alone. Photographs of the drinks later surfaced in the British press. The conclusions had not been made public in recent days, but apparently they were so negative that Johnson decided to resign himself to avoid further humiliation in the House of Commons. A strategy with which he deprives parliamentary ends and voters of the opportunity to vote him out, and with which he can continue to present himself as a victim of the committee. I wasn't lying. In Johnson's 1,000-word letter of resignation, he accused the commission of inquiry of being determined to get him out. They would have acted in worrying and undemocratic way. I wasn't lying. I believe deep down the committee knows that too. Johnson has criticized the government of his successor, Rishi Sunak, in his letter, which he says is not living up to the Brexit promises that 17 million Britons opted for. After the big election victory that Johnson won for the Conservative Party in 2019, the party is in a very bad position, according to him. The question is whether one of these most turbulent political careers of the British post-war era is indeed coming to an end. After all, this is the man for who for years turned establishment upside down in Westminster and managed to pull the United Kingdom out of the European Union. A political comeback does not seem likely for Johnson. It is very sad that I am leaving Parliament, at least for a while, he wrote in his letter of resignation. This guy, this guy did not pull the United Kingdom out of the European Union. It was the guy who ran the, ran the, what was his name? I already forgot his name. Yeah, he's the prime right. minister who had the referendum. He's the guy who pulled the European Union out. <laughs> they got out of the European Union. He could have just not had a referendum and said, no, you guys are ridiculous. I'm not doing this. But he decided to go with it. And then he also he decided that it's a political statement so that we have to hold to referendum. Referendum is now law. So he was just one of the many different prime ministers that had to take up the mantle of doing something stupid. And yeah. he was the only one proud of doing something stupid, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did so much. They did so much for own. They did so much for their own xenophobia. They're all proud of it. Yeah. yeah. A political comeback does not seem likely for Johnson. It is very sad that I am leaving Parliament, at least for a while. But few people believe that Johnson is really politically played out. Will he relaunch the new party? It is speculated. Or will he establish himself as opposition leader after the next year's elections? Or will he choose to use his charm, humor, and persuasiveness in the international lecture circuit, with which he's already managed to earn millions last year? Either way, inside or outside the walls of Westminster, Johnson will continue to cause political turmoil. What a nice yeah. Libra in article. <laughs> All right, then. In, <laughs> in news where uh, lately everybody's like, okay, Miami's getting everything, right? Because Miami's getting, you know, they got the, the NBA... They got the NBA Finals, the Hockey Finals, or Miami's in that, and they get the Trump trial now. And of course, they got Messi, but they, they, they were in the NBA Finals, but they did not win the NBA Finals, so they can shut up now, as Denver won. Confetti flying, Denver to Dungit sharing hugs while passing around the NBA Championship trophy. These, this is from the AP story from Eddie Pell's 
These scenes that for almost half a century seemed impossible, then more recently started feeling inevitable, finally turned into reality on Monday night. The Nuggets outlasted Miami 94-89 in an ugly, frantic game five, which is known as a gentleman's sweep. You only, instead of winning four straight, you win four to one. Yep. Let them win one. Actually, the one they won was in uh, was in Denver. Who bailed out his teammates with 28 points, 60 rebounds, and nothing else seemed to work. Jokic became the first uh, player in history to lead the league in points, rebounds, and assists in a single postseason. Not surprisingly, he won the Bill Russell Trophy's NBA Finals MVP, an award that certainly has more meaning to him than to the two overall MVPs since he won in 2022. We are not in it for ourselves. We are in it for the guy next to us, Jokic said, and that's why it means even more. Of course, Jokic fam- and, and Giannis and all these other European fam- uh, players famously say the European League is harder than the NBA. Because the NBA is just a three, it's a three-point shooting league anymore. Just a bunch of bombers. Denver's clincher was gruesome grind. Unable to shake their tenacious heat for their own closing night jitters and Nuggets missed 20 of their first... 22 three-pointers. Again, 22 three-pointers they've taken. Uh, the NBA, I'd rather watch a WNBA game or a college basketball game than the NBA is just three-pointer, 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 three-pointer. And it's just it just becomes this bad form of basketball. That I'm editorializing in the middle of the article, I realize, but I just realized 20, you miss 20 of 22 shots of any kind, that's bad basketball. 20 of 22 three-pointers. Brick, 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 brick. That's terrible sports. I'm sorry. But, um, unable to shake the tenacious Miami Heat defense, closing night jitters. They overcame the late seven-point lead. Only to see Miami's Jimmy Butler go off. He scored eight straight points to give the Heat one-point lead with 2.45 left. Butler made two free throws and 158 reigning to help Miami regain a one-point lead. Then Bruce Brown got off an offensive rebound, tip in to give the Nuggets an edge. They would not give up. Trailing by three points and 50 seconds left. Butler jacked up a three, missed it. Butler, Brown, and Contavious Colwell Pop. Colwell Pope made two free throws each down the stretch to clinch the title for Denver. Butler finished with 21 points. That's Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. Your story. Well, good job at Miami for playing the ball no. game. No, Denver. But Miami Denver, lost. Sorry. Good job, Denver, for beating Miami because they suck no. and they get all the good stuff. Boo! <laughs> all right. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so sort of anti-climax of the NBA season, but good yeah. for Denver, man. They won an NBA championship. All right, Rocky Mountain High. Let's all light one up for Denver. And a team nobody right. really pays attention to won. Yeah. Denver, the first state to make weed legal. We love you. All yeah. right. All right, go ahead. In culture news, Wes Anderson says Bill Murray's misconduct allegations won't affect their working relationship. This is from... Sean Kian, or Sean Kian, it's an Irish name from the from the Guardian. Why do they do this? To me? Should have I should have read the name so I could pronounce it properly. Sorry. They'll learn you. Wes Anderson has said that various allegations made against his frequent collaborator Bill Murray will not affect their working relationship, describing him as part of my family. And as everyone knows, families love to protect not the best people because they're family, you know. 
The 54, I'm not saying anything. It was just a funny anecdote I was reading oh. on the internet. The 54-year-old oh, okay. director, known for using the same actors across his films, spoke before the release of his latest Asteroid City, which is one of the only two of his 11 released feature films that Murray has not appeared in. My experience with Bill is so extensive, Anderson told IndieWire. Bill was such a great supporter of me from the very beginning. I don't want to speak about somebody else's experience, but he's really been part of my family, you know? He's my daughter's godfather. In fact, he actually baptized her. He's the one who splashed the water. Murray was to play a motel manager in Asper City, but had to drop out due to the COVID-19 and was replaced by Steve Carell. The only other Anderson film he has not appeared in was director's 1996 feature debut, Bottle Rocket. Murray's exit from the Asteroid City had nothing to do with accusations against him and was due to the actor being sick with COVID-19, Anderson said. There was some confusion about what happened with Bill. He got... He was supposed to play the motel manager who Steve Carell plays, and Bill got COVID four days before he was supposed to start shooting. Bill missed his part, and Steve Carell came in quite suddenly. He was great. I loved having it. Anderson and Murray said later visited... Murray later visited the film set in Spain, and they drove to France together when the shoot finished. It was a great way to finish, but it was the first time I hadn't had him in a movie in a long time, he said. Last April, production was indefinitely paused on Aziz Ansari's feature film, Being Mortar, Mortal, when a female crew member accused Murray of straddling and kissing her through a mask. In October, it was revealed that Murray had reportedly paid $100,000 to settle the complaint. Murray said he was being jestful, while the much younger woman she said she interrupted his actions as entirely sexual and was horrified. Speaking last month, Murray addressed the allegations in an interview with CNBC, saying, I did something I thought was funny, and it wasn't taken that way. The movie studio wanted to do the right thing, so they wanted to check it all out and investigate it, and so they stopped production. It's been quite an education for me. Yes, unfortunately, time does move forward, and things that were hilarious and goofy in the 80s are not anymore. Unfortunately, don't touch people. That's that's the world we live in. Do not touch people unless you ask them to be touched. If they ask you to touch them, then you can do it. If you don't, if they don't ask you, leave them alone. That's that's where we're living now. Okay. Sorry. Keep your hands to yourself. The allegations <laughs> triggered a wider conversation about Murray's past behavior. Gina Davis mm-hmm. wrote of his difficult behavior in her memoir, alleging that he insisted on using a massage device on her in a hotel room and screamed at her in front of hundreds of crew members on a film set. Seth Green alleged that Murray once dropped him in a bin by his ankles when he was a child, which made him cry. Murray's Charlie's Angels co-star Lucy Liu alleged on Los Angeles Times' Asian Enough podcast that Murray had directed unacceptable and inexcusable insults at her on set. Her fellow co-star Drew Barrymore corroborated Lucy Liu's account saying... She stood up for herself. I'm proud of us as a team and it comes there. We didn't tiptoe on the eggshells. Murray has not responded to the claims made by Davis or Green. He has previously addressed allegations made by his Charlie Angels co-stars about his behavior on set saying, look, I will dismiss you completely if you are unprofessional and working with me. Okay. So there's your culture news about Bill Murray and Wes Anderson. On to In This Day in History. Just Bill Murray being Bill Murray, and it just became appropriate at some point. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's what happens. Famously, Richard Dreyfuss hates his guts for that movie. What about Bob? So, yeah. Oh, in this day in history, 
Alexander the Great died today and this day in 323 BC in Babylon, of course, famously from Macedonia, not Greece. <laughs> Alexander the Great, I don't know what his wife called him. Alexander the, eh. Anyway, 18, it reminds me of a joke, maybe I'll tell you later. 1865, in this date, Irish poet and dramatist, the prose great writer, William Butler Yeats was born. In 1878, the Congress of Berlin met to sign the Treaty of Berlin to replace the Treaty of Stefano, which had been signed by Russia and Turkey at the conclusion of the last of the Russo-Turkish Wars. In 1886, Louis II, eccentric monarch of Bavaria, whose mania for extravagant building projects led in part to his nickname, Mad King Ludwig died in uh, died in this day in, eight, in 1886 at the age of 40. 1897 Finnish track athlete Pavel Nurmi, who dominated long distance running in 1920s, captured nine medals in three Olympic Games. 1920, 1924, and 1928 was born. And 1913 Hudson Stuck and Harry Cartsons led a mountaineering party to the South Peak and True Summit of Mount McKinley, becoming the first people to ascend North America's highest peak, which Mount McKinley later given its Inuit name, which is Denali. Denali, oh, okay. It's now called Denali. But it was discovered in 1913, or it was discovered during my, uh, McKinley's administration or something. I don't know. That's why I named it that. But nobody scaled it until 1913. Pretty sure nobody scaled it. Like, Ever. I don't think there's. Yeah. Any, it, in the it didn't like. World. It didn't okay. like. Uh, yeah. It was just, you'd be crazy. People, in, people in Chile yeah. never climb mountains, you know? Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so it's, that's what I'm saying. This is this is uh, Alaska, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, assuming oh. that oh, if, if white people weren't there, nobody was climbing mountains. Only white people were crazy enough to do that shit. Like, what no, people climb mountains no matter where they're from. <laughs> the highest peak in all of North America, though, is Denali. 1996, I'm sorry, 1966. The Supreme Court used in favor of Ernesto Miranda in the famous Miranda decision if you don't know what that means it means that the cops got to read your rights before they arrest you you have the right to remain silent in 19 in 18 1967 thurgood marshall was nominated by justice to be justice to the u.s supreme court by president lyndon b johnson and became the first american african-american supreme court justice in 1971, New York Times began publishing the Pentagon Papers, a series of articles based on a study of the U.S. role in Indochina from World War II until May 1968. The papers added to the growing opposition of the Vietnam War. It basically, in the Pentagon Papers, revealed that the general said, we can't win this shit, so let's just start putting out body counts and making it look like we're winning. Because we're killing lots of people, we must be winning. Everybody, see, body counts, body counts. We're winning, see? Dead people, we're winning. <laughs> Seriously, what they were doing. I mean, it's it's real. People do generally believe 
we're in a video game and the only way you win a war is by killing people i know right no. now right now in the during the ukraine war there's yeah. people who are going yeah. oh russia yeah. killed 15 tanks on the ukraine sign they're winning and it's like that's just tanks that doesn't mean anything it's just yeah, vehicles got exploded we're still just in the same shit, you know they they haven't even really started yet you know they really want to do and i just lost the page okay in 1982 following the death of half-brother khalid fad uh became king of saudi arabia overseeing a period of modernization in the country in 2005 after a 14-week trial it became a media circus michael jackson was acquitted of child molestation charges however settled out of court with several other children his father's uh, children whatever so that's always left that up in the air for me. Why settle out of court if you're innocent? Historic meeting between North and South Korean leaders in 2000. On this day in 2000, South Korean President Kim Dae-jung and North Korean leader Kim Jong-il in a summit that marked the first meeting between the two heads of the two countries hoping to earn, helping to earn Kim Dae-jung a Nobel Peace Prize. Birthday today. Ban Ki-moon, South Korean Statements and Secretary General of the United Nations, was born on this day in 1944. 1928, John Nash, American mathematician, was born. You know? Li Ka-shing, Chinese entrepreneur, entrepreneur and philanthropist, was born in 1928. 1892, Basil Rathbone, famously known for playing Sherlock Holmes, was born. And in 1865, we already colored William Butler Yeats. And National Days, and what day is it today? At seven o'clock, we'll wrap this up. National Forklift Safety Day. It's the second Tuesday of June every year. Did you know that? World Pet Memorial Day, also the second Tuesday. So go say a little something over your dead pet's grave. National Kitchen Klutzes of America Day. That's me, Yay. Kitchen Klutz. I'm just a general klutz, but you know, just whatever ruin in becomes that, you know, that immediate danger to everyone. National Weed Your Garden Day. Yep, this is starting, you know. The weeds are starting, man. You're already going good last week. Now it's all weeds. International Albinism Awareness Day for people like me with no melanin in her skin. Well, although albinos have pink eyes. So I don't have pink eyes. I can go out in the sun and I won't melt. National Call Your Doctor Day. What should I call them? And that's... <laughs> that's these days. That's been Allison here from Europe. Wear sunscreen if you go outside. Actually, even when it's not summer, because you can still get skin cancer in winter sunlight. Sunlight does not care what time of the year it is. So make sure yep. if you're out, going to be out in the sun longer than five minutes, put some sunscreen on, on your scalp, on your face, on your shoulders. Those are the direct hitting spots that you will get skin cancer. And never reveal your hands or your bottom of your feet to the sun because they are not designed to block UV rays. You can get sun cancer from the palm of your hand or the bottom of your feet. That's That's been my PSA. <laughs> And we will see yep. you tomorrow, Wednesday. Keep it, keep it healthy out there.
Very salient advice from you, especially on Nash National Albinism Awareness Day. <laughs> People who definitely have to wear sunscreen. Yeah, don't go to sun at all. Yeah. All right. From the United States. And the comprehensive, oh, my advice today, don't forget, there's a million ways to win, but only one way to lose. And that's why giving up. And that's my advice for June 13th, 2023 on Before Coffee. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.